You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Proceed to the Word of God. Are you excited tonight, church? Amen. Let's open our Bible in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 to 19. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6, 13 to 19. I'm going to read it in New Living Translation. The writer of Hebrews said, For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no greater to swear by, God took an oath in His own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Amen. Therefore, we who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Tonight, I want to preach to you with a subject that says, The Anchor for Our Souls. The Anchor for Our Souls. Could you greet your neighbor and say, The Anchor for Our Souls. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for reading your word. I believe your word is already anointed. Father, I ask, have your way tonight. Minister to somebody. Speak to somebody. Change someone's life, I pray. Lord God, and take liberty. Let your word, hallelujah, do its purpose. Father, I ask, and let your spirit, Lord, confirm, Lord, what your word has been declared tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, for your anointing, that there be a fresh anointing that will flow out of your, from the throne, oh, hallelujah, into this place. I ask. All these things, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody shout amen. Everybody shout amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. 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 The anchor for our souls. The writer of Hebrews let us understand that there's an anchor for our souls. We all know the purpose of the anchor is to hold the ship while 
its drop in the water. So what it does is it allows the ship to maintain its location while the waves and the winds push, pushes the ship. Amen? That's the anchor. That's the purpose of the anchor. It allows you to stay to where you are, to center your location. The writer clarifies that the anchor for our soul is hope. Everybody say hope. Amen. We can read it in verse 19 in Hebrews 6. That's the anchor of our soul is hope. Amen. Now Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 13 that there are three things that last forever. And Paul said, Thou and now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of this is charity. Now, when Paul said that this thing, you know, that charity is the greatest among the three, it doesn't mean faith and hope is lesser or it's not important anymore. Paul was just emphasizing love in operation of the gifts of the Spirit in, in service. But faith and hope is still relevant, church. Amen. And sometimes, in fact, we can hear more preachings and teachings about faith and love and we barely hear sometimes the message of hope. Now, the difference of hope and faith is faith is believing it's gonna happen that's faith god will perform it that's faith believing it's gonna happen but hope hope is setting your emotions in line with faith let me say it again hope is setting your emotions in line with faith Hope by definition is the expectation of good things or to anticipate with pleasure. So when you have hope in your life, amen, you are anticipating or waiting for, or for a good thing to happen in your life and you do it with pleasure. With pleasure because sometimes waiting and anticipating with the things to come in our life, it gives us anxiety. Or because of the uncertainties of life, it causes you sometimes to doubt. But hope is different. That when you have hope, you get to wait and anticipate with pleasure. And that's the struggle sometimes. It's hard for us to have pleasure in waiting and anticipating. Because of what's happening around the world, it affects our hope. Yes, we believe that God is able to do it, and He will do it. But how about our emotions while we wait on God to perform His word and promises? How do we respond? How do we deal with the current situation while we have faith in believing that God will perform His word? That's why hope is the anchor of our souls because it keeps you in place with your faith. Your emotions doesn't wander in different things or in different stuff because you have hope. You place your emotions in center of the will of God. You stay because of hope. 
Hope establishes you while you wait on God. Hope strengthens you while things are not going on your way. Hope keeps the fire burning while there's, no, there's reason, so much reason to back out and quit. But because of hope, you choose to remain and stay. Hallelujah. Hope helps you decide according to the Word of God and not according to your emotions. Because sometimes our decision, you know, it major, the majority of our decisions is it's always affected by our emotions. When you are happy, you know, you tend to decide, um, you know, really abrupt or quickly without even thinking or processing the result of your decision. Or if you're deciding because you're fearful or because you're angry, you know, your, our, our emotions most of the time, and it's always fluctuating. It's hard to depend our decisions based on our emotion. That's why we need to base our decisions in the Word of God. Everything that we hope for is in the Word of God. Now let me clarify here tonight. Hope is more than just optimism. Hope is more than just optimism or positive thinking. Because optimism tells you to just See the bright side of the situation. That's the positive thinking that the world is teaching us. While hope, this is the difference. Hope is acknowledging the struggle. And yet, you are still able to center your emotions despite of what's happening. And that's the difference. When you have optimism, you just ignore the bad things and you just focus on the good side. But hope is you acknowledge that despite of the bad things going on in my life, I will still choose to remain in the will of God. I will choose to remain to praise God. Hallelujah. Despite of what's happening, despite of the problems and the struggle, because I have hope. I have hope. Hallelujah. That is hope. We can put hope in a word that says emotional holiness. Hope is our emotional holiness because it refers to or it, uh, it describes on how we respond to our current situation. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. Paul said, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. He's acknowledging that there's tribulation, but we glory in tribulation. And knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience produces experience. And because now you have experience, it produces hope. Because you experience that God is faithful and you know that He will not fail you. That's why in verse 5, in hope, make it not a shame or it will not disappoint you. When we put our hope in the Word of God, when we put our hope on the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no shame, there's no disappointment because the, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The Holy Ghost is the assurance that God will perform His Word. He deposited us. He deposited it us in our heart, in our soul. That's the love of God. And we can now have hope 
unto Him. That's the assurance. It will not disappoint you. Church, there are many things in this world that will disappoint you. Disappointed us with other people. Disappoint us with the promises of other people in the institution, in the government. A lot of things are causing us to be disappointed. But church, I've come here tonight to tell you that we can still have hope. Amen. Hallelujah. Despite of everything that is going on, we can put our hope and trust in the Word of God and unto the Lord Jesus Christ. He will not disappoint you. Can we clap our hands to the Lord tonight, church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The psalmist in Psalms 130 verse 5, he understood and he said, I wait for the Lord and my soul doth wait and in His word do I hope. Now in the midst of distress and in the midst of waiting, not everyone is willing to wait. That's why there's a lot of instant in this world. Instant noodle, instant blah, blah, blah. Because we are, we are so impatient. We don't want to wait. We don't want, you know, like, that's it. There's what we, like, when we look for information, we type, we Google, and that's it. Not everyone wants to wait, right? Even in McDonald's or whatever. I'm not promoting them, but you don't... You don't want your food to be delayed. Because not everyone is willing to wait. But in life, in the psalmist said that I wait for the Lord. Hallelujah. And as he waits, his soul also waits. And as he waits on the Lord, he puts his hope in the word of God. The psalmist understood that in the waiting, our hope is in his word. It stabilizes you. It establishes you. Hope establishes you. Amen. I want to read it to you again, the scriptures we use in Hebrews chapter 6. Now, this is a reference to the promise of God to Abraham. There was God's promise to Abraham. And he said, since there was no greater to swear... Take note of this. God took an oath in His own name. Because no one is greater than God, right? So no one to swear anymore. So what He, does, what he did is He put His name on the stake. Saying, I will, before He releases the blessing to Abraham, He made sure that He made an oath unto His name. Now, please bear with me. I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently. Now, the word patiently here in, 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 in King James, it's, um, it, it says that uh, patiently endured. Now, when you say patiently endured in, uh, in Greek, he says like you set your heart in the center. You set your heart right. Abraham waited patiently. You know the story of Abraham. It took him years after years after years before the blessing and the promise came to pass. But he waited patiently. And as he waited patiently, it means you center your heart 
you set your heart. It means Abraham didn't only have faith, but he also have hope. And he received what God had promised. Now when people take an oath, now the writer of Hebrews is clarifying what he, the, clarifying the statement he made in verse 13. He said in 16, now when people take an oath, they ought to call on someone greater than themselves to hold to him. It like a um, witness or someone that is higher than them. When you take an oath, allegiance to, your, to a country or to an institution, or you take an oath, someone higher to the judge has always to be someone higher than you. And without any question, that oath is binding. And God also bound himself with an oath. God is bound to his oath or to his promise. So that those who receive the promise, in King James it says, the heir of promise. Those who received the promise could be perfectly sure. There is an assurance, church, that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise, which is his word, and his oath, which he accompanied his name. These two, the word and his name, are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. And I want you to understand, church, that's why it's important that the word that has been being released unto us, the promises that being preached, that being receiving or claiming, you can be assured that the word and the name of Jesus Christ or the name of God is uh, certified by it. It means that it gives the power the word, the, the, the power of the word. And it, and it will fulfill his promise. This hope is a strong and trustworthy. Sure, strong tower and trustworthy. Now I'm trying to explain this because... I want you to understand that the word that we've been preaching, the word that we've been reading, the word that we've been, you know, meditating, the word of God, this is where we put our hope. Not on the words of people, not on the words of somebody else, but we put our hope into the word of God. And I'm trying to at least explain to us how powerful the Word of God is, and that God does not lie. And whatever promises that we have in our life that we are trying to cling on, hallelujah, it is an assurance that God will perform it. All you have to do is just keep on having hope in your life. That's why every promise and every word he say is sealed with his name. It has now the authority. It has now the power to perform. Now I want to show you something about 
the promise of God unto Abraham when he made a covenant to Abraham. Now, I have uh, some pictures that I, I want you I want you to see. Um, uh, it's a uh, it's a Hebrew Hebrew name, and uh, I want you I want you to see it. So, the word Yahweh. This is how it's spelled in Hebrew. So Yahweh, it's it came from the four letters. They called it the tetragrammaton. It's like the unpronounceable word of God because it's only consonants. And the Bi Bible scholars add vowels so it can be pronounced. That's why they came up to word Yahweh or the Jehovah. But in Hebrew, this is how it's spelled like. Like the dash that's called um, um, uh, Yod, Hey, Vav, A. So that's his spell. I want you to take notice and I, I want you to... Uh, um, memorize how it's spelled like the Yahweh. And now there's another picture that I want you to show you. I want it to connect to in the life of Abraham. So we know that before Abraham was called Abraham, we know in the Bible in Genesis that his name is first called Abram. Right? So Abram, the word Abram, it is spelled like this in Hebrew. This is Abram, and this is how it's spelled like in Hebrew. This is before the promise. This is before the covenant. Now, this is now the word or the name of Abram when God made covenant with him. This is now how it's spelled like in Hebrew. Now, please bear with me. Can you notice a difference on the spelling of the before the covenant and after the covenant. Can you spot the difference of what's, what's uh, the addition to the spelling of his name in Hebrew? There is, I want you to see, there is uh, one letter that has been added to the name of Abraham. And that is the letter, this is the one that I wanted to see is, that letter. It was added on the name of Abraham and it becomes Abraham. And where did that one single letter came from? It's in that Yahweh. Now I want you to understand that actually when God made a covenant or promise to Abraham, He did not change the name of Abraham. He didn't change his name. But what happened is God puts his name on Abraham. He puts his name on Abraham. That's why when God fulfilled his promise, he's not doing it because Abraham was just faithful, but he's doing it for his name's sake. That's why it is very important for us to have the name of Jesus, because it is a seal in the New Testament. Hallelujah. The Yahweh in the Old Testament is the Jesus in the New Testament. That's why it's important for us to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just a religion. It's not just a, a ritual, but it is or it has a spiritual significance that we bear His name, that there is a promise that comes unto it. 
that there is a promise that follows unto it. That's why it's very important for you to be baptized. If there's anyone here that hasn't been baptized yet, I want you to understand that it's more than just a public declaration. It's more than just having a ritual. It is a blessing. It is a spiritual blessing that has been given unto us when we decide to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. God performs His Word and His promises not based on your performance. He does not, he does not uh, perform His promises not based on how well you sing or how well you you know, how well you preach or how much you give or how much you are or how faithful you go to the Sunday services or every church services. No. God does not base His promise based on those things. He fulfills His promise because of His, for His name's sake. Because anything that will marred or anything that will destroy his name, you know, that will challenge his name. Anything that would, you know, that would cause a lie is not of God. That breaking his word is a direct challenge of himself, his holiness, his justice, and righteousness. God will not violate his word because it will ruin his name. Even if sometimes it hurts him. That's how faithful our God we serve, we serve church. That he will not violate his word even though sometimes it hurts him. God is bound to his word because God and his word are one. We know in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He cannot separate Himself to His Word. Have you realized that it was very painful for God to see His creation being marred with sin? It hurts Him. He, you know, God could have just killed the serpent right there and then. Or... You know, Jesus could have just appeared randomly. He doesn't have to be born through Mary. He could just like appear and just save his, the, his people without suffering in the cross. He could do that. But because he cannot violate his word, because in order to save the mankind and to defeat the enemy, there has to be a sacrifice and a blood to be shed. That's why God said to the serpent in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. That there was a prophecy was given foretelling about Jesus. And God said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. That is the prophecy. Because that's his Word. He cannot violate His Word because the only way for you to enter into this world is through procreation. No other else. No other way. That's why He has to obey His Word as well. He is bound to His Word. And let me tell you also that 
the fall of humanity the fall of humanity is caused by the faithfulness of God that even though it hurted him because he is faithful to his word he is not willing to violate what he had said now why am i telling you all of this stuff i know there's a lot of things to i had i i said a lot of things but the reason why i'm telling you tonight mission point is this and i want you to absorb this and i want you to understand this that mission point church we are not hopeless let me say it again mission point church we are not hopeless hallelujah despite of everything that is going on in this world we have hope hallelujah there is hope in our situation there is hope hallelujah in our relationships in our marriages there is hope hallelujah to your children there's hope to your finances there's hope to your health Hallelujah, there is hope. Don't lose hope, church. Hallelujah, we need to have hope on this word because His word is true and sure and it is trustworthy. Hallelujah, the only reason why we're still here because of His grace, but at the same time because of His word that preserves us. We are not hopeless, church. We are not a hopeless church. We have a blessed hope. Hallelujah. That whatever is going on in this world, there's, there's a future. There's an eternal promise that is waiting for us. Hallelujah. If I could just minister to somebody tonight, then I did my job tonight, church. Hallelujah. It's someone who needs to be reminded that your situation there's hope in your situation. You are not hopeless because you have His word. You have His promise. Hallelujah. And God will not lie. And God cannot lie. That He will perform His word, His promises to you. Don't lose your hope, church. Don't lose hope. To someone that I'm speaking to tonight, don't lose hope. It doesn't matter how bad how ugly your situation is. Hallelujah. You have hope. You have hope. You have His Word. You have His Word. You have His promise. You can take a hold of. You can take a hold of. The world says that your situation, we cannot, the doctor would say, can't help you anymore. You're hopeless. Or your finances, you're struggling. And it seems like everything's hopeless. It's hard to get out of the situation. Probably some people here, you felt like it's hopeless. You've been praying for your children, your family. Having a hard time to see the promise of God in your life. You felt hopeless. Years after years of prayer. Felt like nothing happening in your marriage in your situation in your relationship seems like everything is hopeless in your situation but I've come here to you tonight Mission Point Church on a Sunday evening come to tell you there's an anchor 
for your soul. There is hope for your situation because you have His Word. You have Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel yet. Hallelujah. There's greater things to come. Hallelujah. Your future is bright because of Jesus. You might say to yourself that, you know, your tomorrow is very uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen next. Yes, it's true. But I know someone who holds the future. I know someone who holds the future. And that is Jesus Christ. You could trust in Him. Hallelujah. Take a hold of His word, His promise. Hallelujah. Now I'm not going to take you long. I'm going to read you the last verse that I have. And I want you to receive, hallelujah, what God has promised unto you. I know somewhere or another, you have, you know, you've been claiming some things from God. Promises. His word, Lord, this is what you said. I'm taking a hold of it. Trying to have hope. And sometimes it takes a while. You wait on Him. But don't lose hope. In Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11. For as the rain cometh down. And the snow from heaven. And returneth not thither. But watereth the earth. And make it bring forth in bud. That it may give seed to the sower. And bread to the eater. So shall my word be goeth forth. Out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Now the word of God has been released. Whatever God has been released, He said that it will not return void, but He will accomplish it. He will perform it, and it will prosper. In Psalms 107 verse 20, he sent His word and He healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. I want you to understand the principle that His word, every time there's preaching, every time we hear the word of the Lord, God is sending forth you know, His word. And we can be assured based on the word of God, that it will not return to him void. It means whatever he says, he will do it. And in Psalms 107.20, he sent his word and he healed them. There's healing as he sent his word. Tonight, I don't know what kind of healing do you, ha you need tonight. You might need healing in your heart. You may need healing to your mind. You may need healing in your physical body. And you've been hoping for things to happen for your life. Tonight is your night, church. Jesus is here. His word is here. His presence is here. Hallelujah. And God is ready to perform His word over your life. Take a hold of His word. Have hope, church. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.